The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. God is good. God is good. And this ties right into where we're at. Uh, we're talking about resting in God. We're talking about the process that God takes us on. And uh, so I just want to pray over them and then uh, just pray over this word and just that God will help us to understand. When God lines things up in such a way that we get to do cool things like this dedication, and yet it also fits so perfectly in with the word that God's been bringing to us, I think God wants us to hear something, right? So let's just pray right now over the word. And this is how we're praying. You're not praying for the word for everyone else. You're praying, Lord, get my heart ready. Get my mind ready to receive what you want to give to me. Okay, Father, we just pray right now over your word. God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Lord, we pray that each and every heart here will be ready to receive and to actually, Lord, let this word take root in their life and produce fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, here we are. We're starting in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And Jennifer uh, started my sermon for me. I'm going to finish it. Uh, she said that when you plant, you don't get it right away. Sometimes it has to grow out, right? It doesn't just boom, there it is. And so it's not like shopping at H-E-B. That's not how it works. You actually got to go to the, you got to go out in the dirt. You got to put something underground. And sometimes, and most of the time when you plant something, if you're not an experienced farmer, you're not somebody that's used to bringing in crops and stuff. When you plant something, it's kind of anxious. Is it ever going to come up? Is it ever going to come up? You know, I had some things like that in my life that I was struggling with. And the Lord spoke to me really clearly. And he said, you know, when you plant something or you bury something, it looks the same. Right, but one's dead and one's coming to life. Right? What's the difference? Well, the difference is that when God speaks, when it's something that will accomplish everything He sent it to do. And so sometimes things we plant in faith look dead. But it's because God is in the process of having it take root and develop and suck in the nutrients and build and it's getting ready to grow. And the deeper the root, right, the better the fruit. So sometimes He lets it. Root out for a while and really, really get itself in there. So uh, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the step one is usually this is kind of a journey that this goes on. When God's bringing something to, to pass in our life, and a lot of times we get anxious and we struggle and we want to make it happen ourselves because it does take time. But Genesis 12, 1 through 3, this is God giving a promise. It says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So God speaks to this man named Abraham, and he says, you know what? Leave where you are, and I'm going to take you somewhere else, and I'm going to do incredible things in and through your life. Okay? If you're here today, most likely at some point God's called you out of where you were. Right? Whether that was out of addiction, whether that was out of abuse, whether that was out of just uh, emptiness and pursuing your own way of life. Maybe you were successful on the outside, but not on the inside. And so you were struggling. You're like, why, why am I not fulfilled? I went on a walk with somebody yesterday, man. They said that I had all the trappings of life. I had everything. I had RVs and cars and vacations and trips. And I had all this stuff. And yet inside I just felt totally empty. Sometimes it looks fulfilled, but it's not. It's like buying corn on the cob. You think you got a good bag and you take it home and you open it up and like half the kernels are rotten or they're dead or there's an ant in there and it's gone. It's like, sometimes things look really good. Until you peel it back, and you're like, well, I can't even cook with this. 
So wherever you came from, we all come from somewhere where God has called us out. He's called us out of a place. And he said, you know what? I'm going to change things for you. I'm going to take you somewhere else. And so that's what he did with Abraham. He's promising this blessing. And so that's usually what comes first, and it gets us excited. And we're like, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm ready. Okay, let's do this thing. Let's go. And then comes the wait. Then comes contending. Genesis 50, 24 to 25. Then Joseph, this is later. So this is after Abraham. We're going all the way to Joseph. This is one of his descendants. And Joseph is taken away, and he's going to uh, be put in Egypt. And they're supposed to remember be building into a great nation. Well, now this is descendants of Abraham. He's been sold off into slavery. He's been sent out into Egypt. And now he's in there, and he eventually rises up in Egypt, and he becomes a person of power and influence. And you think, okay, God's finally fulfilling his word. But God still hasn't even fulfilled his word yet. Because he came, Abraham had a word, and then they went through struggles and troubles, and then Joseph, one of his descendants, has a word, and it's a continuation of it, and he gets into a pit, and then he gets into a dungeon, then he gets raised up into this place of victory, and you think, okay, now, okay, we're finally getting momentum, but after that comes a whole lot more trouble. Sometimes the journey's like this, right? It's not just like that, just boom, going straight up. It's just, it's this journey of ups and downs and struggles and things. So this is Joseph, who's part of this family line. And so his brothers, the ones that threw him in a pit, come to him, and they, they are talking to him, and he makes them give him a promise. He says, I'm about to die. He says, but God will surely visit you and bring you up from this land to the land that he promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So here he says, you know what? I'm about to die. This hasn't happened yet. But God is going to fulfill his promise. And right now we are in Egypt. This is not where God's taking us. This is not the promised land. This is not where we're supposed to be. But we're here right now, and I'm going to die, so I'm not going to see the fulfillment of it even myself. This is a different way of thinking. See, in our generation, in our current culture, the only thing of value is what's in it for me, which means even if, if it's not going to benefit me or benefit me in my life, that's kind of what people think about. God's design is even generational. But you know what? Maybe you're going to struggle and you're going to fight and contend for something that won't even be fully fulfilled until your kids or your grandkids. Well, that's not fair. It's the process that God takes us through. Sometimes we get partway up this mountain and we hand off to the next generation and say, you know what, can you take a little farther for me? We're going this direction. And so sometimes God gives us that end picture and we're so excited about what he's going to do. And then we get caught up in whether or not it's just going to be all in our own life. My dad had things that he felt God promised to him. When he came out of a past that was crooked and messy, and he started serving God, and God gave him vision of things that he was going to do and things that he was going to, to bring to pass and things that were going to happen. And it took him a long time, but he's starting to realize, you know, some of those things weren't for him. They're actually being fulfilled, actually, in my life and in my brother's life, who's pastoring down in California. And things that God's spoken to me. I'm sure when I get towards the end, I'm going to say, man, I always thought that was for me, but actually that's being passed on to my kids. It wasn't all for me. And so there's this journey that they're on. It's not all being fulfilled yet, but here's what Joseph says. Joseph made the sons of Israel take an oath. God will surely attend to you, and then you must carry my bones out of this place. He was so sure, and he was so contending in faith for the word that God gave them about having their own place where God was going to prosper and build their nation that he said, you know what? When you leave, make sure to take my bones. Dig them up, take them with you. Now, we don't do that now. now maybe some of you have grown up in Texas and you have a relative that's passed away and someday you're going to move to Virginia. Thank God you don't have to go dig them up. Load them in the back of the U-Haul and get your buddies to help you get them to Virginia. Right? That, that's not really something we do now. 
But in this case, that's what he wanted. Get me out of this land of slavery. Get me out of this land where we've been taken advantage of. Take me to the place of God's promise and make sure that I go with you. So he's contending in faith. So you have step one, you get a word, you have to contend. And step three, and these things are common, is there's a waiting period. There's just a waiting, even when you're contending, you're just waiting. When's this going to happen? When's something going to come through? From the time that Abraham had his promise, which is in Genesis 12, until the Israelites were actually delivered out of slavery and bondage in Egypt, was a thousand years. We waited a thousand years for this deliverance. We waited a thousand years for them to be able to, to get out. That's like three times as old as our whole country. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. And so there's this waiting period, and thank God not all the things in our life we have to wait that long for. Some of them he's fulfilling in our lifetime, and we wait for a season, and then God takes us through it. Exodus 14, this is when they finally get to leave Egypt. This is when the Exodus happens. It was almost 140 years before they finally actually got out. They moved on. Exodus 13, there's a delivery from bondage. This is when they're actually getting out, finally getting away from slavery and getting out of this land of Egypt. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them along the road through the land of the Philistines, though it was shorter. So there was a short way to the promised land, and there was a long way, and God didn't take them the short way. Now, God can do anything. God wasn't afraid of the Philistines, which were enemies, because God can defeat anybody. God's stronger than anybody. But God still took them the long way instead of the short way, and it tells us why. It says, for if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. God knew that if I took them directly to the confrontation that was going to take to get them through to their promise, that they would turn back. They weren't strong enough yet. So God took them a shorter way, which took a lot more time and endurance, but allowed them to build up in their character, in their obedience, in their following of God, and learning to not just be a slave, but learning to, to provide for themselves, to fend for themselves, depend on God, to have faith. God took them this other route in order to build them up. So God led the people around the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea, and the Israelites left the land of Egypt, arrayed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made them promise. It says, God will surely attend to you, and then you must carry your bones from this place. So that part's been fulfilled. Now we get into where this is really happening. Okay, so there's a journey. When Mandela and Jennifer talked about it, there's a journey. They had a promise, right? And they had it in a dream even with a name. And then this whole year goes by. They got this close. The place said, hey, we have a baby, and this name is even the name you dreamed of. Here you go. And then they pulled back and disappeared, and they had to continue to contend. And God's still working on their behalf. God's still trying to bring this to pass. Well, here they are, the Israelites, and they're in Egypt. It says, Pharaoh approached. So they're all at the Red Sea. They've gotten out of bondage and moving forward. You ever been in a place like that? You got out of a bad spot in your life, you're moving forward, and all of a sudden it feels like you're just stuck, there's nowhere to go? I don't know how to move forward in my life, and it feels like my past is coming at me, like my past is catching up to me, my past mistakes, my past worries, my past concerns, people from my past, my insecurities, my fears, my finances, whatever it might be, but it's coming back up on me. It's, it's approaching, danger's approaching, struggle's approaching. Maybe God called you to start a business. You started, you move forward, and now it feels like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. My bills are coming up. I don't know if I can make this. Maybe you've committed, 
I talked to somebody this week that had committed to work a little bit less so they could spend more time with their family, and God's been providing over the last year, and there's times where it felt like that commitment and that faith that God will provide was being challenged, and you could feel it coming up and breathing on the back of your neck that you're not going to survive. You're going to have to go back and work more and more and more. And they just said, no, God's going to provide. God's going to take care of me. I'm going to, t- I'm going to spend time with my family. And then uh, there was deliverance. They stood in faith. There's deliverance, and things opened up. They are able to take care of themselves. We all go through these types of experiences, But here they are, and this is what they cried out. The Egyptians were marching after them, and they were terrified. So they cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the wilderness to die? That's their level of faith. Their level of faith is that they're facing a struggle, they're facing a challenge, and instead of saying, Oh, God, we'll deliver us. We're ready to go. Let's get our swim trunks on. We're jumping in this water. We're going to make it. Or let's turn around and fight. No, instead they're like, God, why did you bring us out here? Couldn't you have just buried us back there? Anybody ever wanted to give up in the middle of what God was trying to do in your life? And you're like, you know, I just want to give up. I've had enough. I quit. I have. Plenty of times where I'm just like, man, Lord, I just want to quit. Like, this sounded good. I was all excited. I stood in faith. I waited it out. But, man, it seems hard, and I am done. Why didn't you just leave me back where I was? It was an easier road to just stay there. I could have lived my life there. I could have just passed on and not had to worry about trying to pursue these things that you have for me. So they're crying out about these graves. says, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Did we not say to you that in Egypt leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Like, man, we could have just stayed in that lifestyle. Could have just stayed where we were. We didn't have to struggle. We didn't have to come out. We didn't have to do all these things. And so fear comes in that we've hoped too big. Maybe I've hoped too big. Maybe I thought God would deliver me from addiction. Maybe I thought God would restore my marriage. Maybe I thought God would help me in my finances. Maybe I thought God would change the anxiety that's in my mind or in my heart. Maybe I thought God would make me a great father or make me into a great mom. Or God would, maybe I thought God would do something different. Maybe God, I thought that, that God would help me. You know, if you're a student, that God would help me in my school. And that if I stood for God, I did right things. That, that God would give me friends. That God would watch over me. But instead, I feel like an outcast. Or I just feel always uh, like, like somebody that nobody cares about. And I'm judged. And I'm maybe. I hope too big. Maybe God's not really going to come through us. And that's where they were at. Step seven, we learn to rest and trust in God. It takes all of this till we finally just give up. Just say, you know what, God? We're just, it's either you or it's, it's either you or else I'm in trouble. Like once I ran out of everything else to do, I decided I just, I'm going to go spend some time and pray. I've heard that so many times. I ran out of options, so I just said I'm going to go pray. Well, that's not our only option, like our worst option. That's our best option. That's the best one. That's the best one we have, is to go pray and to go seek God and to wait on him. So that's the point that they came to, Exodus 14, when they learned to trust. This is what Moses said. He turns to the people and he says, do not be afraid. Stand firm. That's a hard job. Just stand. Don't move. Just stand. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to change it. I don't know how to, just stop. Just stand there. Stand firm. When you're anxious and you're worried and you're trying to fix everything all the time and do everything on your own, right? You're bouncing around and somebody can come up and just shove you right down because you have no balance. He's saying, you know, just stand firm. We sang this song about on Christ alone, my cornerstone, on the rock. Like we're building on a foundation that's firm. Your foundation's firm. You don't have to worry about falling over. So just stand. Just be still. Many times in my life, I have tried to fix things because I got too anxious waiting on God. And by the time I got done fixing them, I really needed God to bail me out of what I fixed. I'm like, God, I try to fix it. Look what happened. I used to do that around my house all the time. 
I always try to fix stuff. So I learned that eventually I'm going to have to call Donnie or Josh or somebody anyway, so I just call him first. Tried to fix a baby gate. I flooded our house. That's a fact. I could show you how to do it. Never put a baby gate in on the second floor without knowing where the pipes and the walls are, first of all. Don't do it at 10.30 at night when all the plumbers are closed, and don't do it when you're leaving at 3 in the morning on an airline flight because you're trying to help your wife. Because when you have to wake your wife up at 11 o'clock and say, hey, the house is flooding, and I'm leaving in an hour because i got to go to the airport, it's not the best way to leave town. <laughs> well, it was for me. It's not the best way to leave her when I leave. So I'm like, I'm out of here. Call Josh. See ya. We've got to get the water off. We've got to cut the sheetrock out. We've got to fix it all. That's because I was trying to, I got anxious. I'm going to get this thing installed. I'm going to take care of it. So many times, so many times I did that. Over and over and over. And they're all funny afterwards, and none of them were funny in the middle of it when I'm trying to clean up the disaster that I made. And yet if we wait on God for his way, for his purpose, he comes through. So let's say, just stand. Quit trying to fix it. Just stand still. Let God do it. Stand firm and you will see the Lord's salvation, which he will accomplish for you. Which who will accomplish? He. God. God's working on your behalf. God's going to accomplish something. God's going to help you. God's going to change your circumstance. You know, maybe you're a youth. And you're like, you know what, man, in my home, my parents are always fighting. Or I'm in this terrible situation. Or I'm in an abusive situation. Or I've got this going on. I'm bullied at school. Or I got whatever it is you got going on. You're like, I don't know how to deal with it. And I can't talk to anybody because then I get in trouble. And I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to change it. I don't know what to do. Do you know what? You can turn to God. God sees you. And God will help you. And you stand and you wait. And you're waiting on the Lord. And you're saying, Lord, help me. It says, for the Egyptians will see you today. You will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And then Moses turns around and does what none of them could have imagined or thought of, is that he parts the sea. The Bible says a strong east wind came in and blew the water back, and they walked through. And when they walked through, the armies came in behind them, and the waters came back. And wiped out their enemies. Not because of what they could do. They just stood still and waited on God. And then when God said, now it's time to go. I bet they were running. <laughs> that water comes up and the wind's blowing. And there's an enemy behind you. And you've been waiting all night. And there's finally a chance to run through that crack of water. I'll bet you they were all running. Get across as quick as you can. Hurry up. Let's go. Getting through there. And then the water comes down. But first it was the waiting. And then once that opening comes and it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. Isaiah 40 says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The point of waiting on God is not that we don't ever do anything. The point of waiting on God is not that we just sit around our whole life and we're lazy and we do nothing. Because the Bible talks about us. We talked about it last week. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. God gives us purpose and direction. The point on waiting on God is that we wait for him. We spend time with him relationally. We spend time with him in devotion. We spend time with him. And when things get stressful and anxious, we don't ever do anything out of anxiety. We don't ever do anything out of pressure. We don't ever do anything because we have to or it's going to fail. No, we do it out of trust and rest. I had to take that job or 
Most of the time when we do stuff that we have to do right now, it's got to be done this way or else I'm going to panic. Most of the time it ends up being not the best decision. I had to buy that car today. I had to. I just had to go get it. That's usually when you get the terrible rate and a car that only had a warranty until you got past the sidewalk. Then you're in trouble. God doesn't want us to make things out of anxiety. He wants us to make them out of trust and faith and rest. And we're just kind of moving along. And when the pressure comes, we're able to stop and say, you know, I can feel it. I can feel the pressure. I can hear the pressure. But I'm going to just stand on this foundation. I'm stopping and waiting. It talks in here about the eagle. You'll rise up with wings of eagles. That's how eagles get high. They don't flap. That's not how they get high. When the storm comes and they get above it, it's not from flapping. If you read up on eagles, it's that they just, at that point, they just, when the wind gets fierce and the pressure gets strong, they just lock their wings in place. And when they lock them, it's like an airplane. When they lock them and all of that wind is coming that should be wiping them out, it just catches, the way God designed their wings, it catches under them and it just lifts. And they use literally almost no, no energy at all in the rising. But God's just lifting. Not from the struggle. If they struggled... They'd be working against the wind and flapping them, falling. It's when that starts to come and the pressure comes, they just stop. They just lock it in place. Lord, this is your promise. God, this is your word. I'm on a firm foundation. I'm locked in place. I'm going. It's in your strength. It's not in mine. I got one example, and then we're going to, uh, will you hand me that right there? Um, I got one example just for a visual because we're not eagles. It says like eagles, but we're not eagles. It's hard to imagine because when I imagine an eagle, I'm thinking, yeah, his wings are locked, but. And he's powerful and strong. And they're so smart. And those beady little eyes, I bet you he's doing it. This is also kind of what it's like. Is if you take your own strength and your own energy. Okay, I got a balloon. And you're going to take something in your life. Now I'm going to put all my work and energy into it. <laughs> the power team, did you ever watch them back in the day? They used to blow these things up and pop them. I always dreamed about doing that one day. Theirs were water bottles and they had big lungs and they blew them up. So I take this area of my life. This is a promise of God right here. God's given me. Okay, he's given me a promise to restore my marriage. He's given me a promise to even take care of my family. And I have a job that doesn't pay great. <laughs> so I'm believing him. God's promised to help get me out of addiction, to help me recover. God's promised me to take me out of loneliness and to help me have friends and people around me because I feel lonely or isolated. And I don't know what to do about it. And so I have these things. Now I got God's promise up here, and I want to, oh man, I want to get myself up to God's promise. So I take all my strength and energy, I put it up, and it's going to come back down, right? I'm like, man, I guess I got to do it. So I got to do it harder. I got to keep these things up, right? You ever feel in life like you're just trying to keep everything up? I keep my family up. I got to keep my, my spirit up. I got to keep my church up. I got to keep, oh, I got to adopt these kids, and oh, we're supposed to foster. I got to. Do everything you can to just keep it all up, because man, God promised me that I'm going to live up. I'm going to rise above. I'm going to get it up. I'm going to keep hitting it. Isn't it exhausting? And that's not the biblical model. The biblical model is that we are waiting on the Lord. He renews our strength. We, might, we rise up with wings like eagles, right? In other words, the wind comes underneath and brings us up. Okay, the wind in the Bible signifies and always signifies the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of God. It's the life of God. From Genesis all the way through, it's the life of God. It's God breathing in by his spirit to bring life and to do things. That would be, I come and wait. Now, this doesn't feel very productive. Is it I come down here, and I bend down, and I'm just like, all right, I'm just waiting. Not my strength, not my strength, not my ability. It's not me that does it. I'm just waiting. I feel it, not with myself, 
not with my own strength, not with my own ability, and let it be filled with God, with God's ability, God's strength. I'm praying, I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm letting his Holy Spirit fill me up with his courage, his ideas, his wisdom instead of my own. I'm just waiting, I'm doing that, I'm spending the time, and guess what happens? It takes a whole lot less effort, a lot less work, and guess what? That's when you get to go somewhere. That's when God takes us up to where he's trying to get us to live. And we have these ideas and pictures in our mind of where God's trying to take us. And we get so busy struggling to try to get it there and make it happen and work. If we would just stop and just come and spend some time getting filled up with God. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in the word. Spend some time with his spirit and let God's spirit come and fill us. And all of a sudden we realize my whole life is just lifting. My mind is lifting. I don't think the thoughts I used to think. My relationships are lifting. Everything's changed. It's all lifting. My provision's lifting. Why? Because I'm dependent upon God, and God's opening doors, and different jobs are coming, and different things are happening. And when I went to that sale, and I was trying to help somebody, and I was trying to get a sale, I wasn't striving. I was just there in peace, trying to help them, and I loved them, and I served them, and they felt so comfortable. And they were like, wow, this is amazing. And they bought from me for the first time in a week. And then they referred somebody, because they said, man, that guy's really nice to work with. He's just really peaceful. And I had another sale, and said, everything's just rising. Because I'm not striving. I'm resting in God. So it's not about things in our lives not happening, not getting done, just always living at the bottom because we're too lazy and we don't do anything. We just sit there. It's going and spending time with God and then moving on the things he tells us to move on, allowing him to lift us into things he wants to lift us in. And if we'll do that, we can achieve more, we can bear better fruit, and we can do it without all the exhaustion and strain of trying to beat our way there ourselves. Amen? I'm going to bring Mandela up. He's going to come up and uh, close us out with a song. This is beautiful to me, how God's kind of put this together. But he has a song that he wrote. He's a musician. And it fits into this whole uh, theme and direction as well. And where did our mic go? Oh. (laughs) It's usually how I find my keys, too. (laughs) Where did my keys go? My wife's like, they're in your pocket. I'm going to clear out of the way. He's going to do a song. When that's done, I'll just have you pray over everybody. Once he prays, we're just dismissed. Uh, if you're new, I have some gift bags over here. And uh, April back here, if you want to wave April, April will be up here passing these out. And they just are gift bags for you. Just we want to love on you and just give you those. Nothing to fill out. You just get them. And uh, so he's going to perform this song. Let it minister to you. Think about what God's trying to speak to you this morning. And then when you're done, you can leave. We have snacks and, and refreshments across the way. My check. Yeah. This song is called Recharge Me. Just like how we charge our phones every day, we need to come to God so He can recharge us as well. I've been addicted to adrenaline. I just need to slow down. So I'm looking for a place where restoration can be found. I've been pushing my body. At the expense of my soul We're in terror of this life here Really starting to take a toll I've been fighting demons, I've been facing fear I've been fighting villains, I've been spilling tears Need a recharge, tell me what that looks like What they telling me somehow doesn't look right Yeah, My body, my mind and my soul Needs healing, so where do I go? Feeling cannot be ignored 
That's when I turn to the Lord and say, yeah, restore me, restore me, renew me, renew me, refresh me, refresh me, recharge me. Charge me all of a sudden everything that I've been missing is pouring on me like it's drizzling. Speak to me, Lord, I will listen. You tell me that I've been forgiven. Everything that I've been missing is pouring on me like it's drizzling. Of this one thing I am certain, I can give you all my burden. Cause you love me, you love me, oh how you love me, you love me. And Father in heaven, we thank you for your love. We thank you that we can come to you with all our burdens. We can cast all our cares on you. We thank you that you love us, love us unconditionally. We thank you that you love us too much to let, to let us stay where we are. You continue to bring us up and rise us up. We thank you that we can come to you to be encouraged, to be empowered, to be inspired, to be uplifted, to be transformed. And we thank you for what you're doing in us, what you're doing through us, what you're doing for us, what you're doing with us. Father, we pray that as we begin our next week, we rest, we abide, we remain in you. And that you do great and mighty things through us. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.